0: This is Overture, the Prelude podcast. Welcome to the Prelude podcast. My name is Chris Willis and I'm a principal security researcher here at Prelude. And I am Samuel Bartholomew and
1: I am a security engineer here at Prelude.
0: So Sam and I are going to continue the conversation that we started last week about uh, some of the research that we've been doing here at Prelude, and um, particularly what we're, what we're trying to talk about today is what is a TTP, and really going diving into these classification frameworks, um, specifically things like MITRE ATT&CK, Diamond, CSF, Kill Chain. And how those kind of uh, intersect, but also like some asking some deeper level questions uh, about like TTP structure and what do people uh, assume a TTP is? Uh, I think there's a lot of assumptions that come down to a TTP, and what TTPs look at, like uh, from like Gots and Cots perspective, and. Like TTPs were were taken from the government space and uh, has been sort of moved into a commercialized um, environment and that has a lot to do with how MITRE has pushed TTPs. Um, and so what has stuck and what hasn't stuck um, and going anywhere in between with that. So I'm sure we'll go off on tangents. Oh yes, we will. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, like so we just want to sort of go through these two high level questions that we are trying to answer for ourselves as well. So as we do this, we'll likely um, uh, hopefully uh, kind of kill some of our assumptions and do better research as a result uh, with having the discussions, but also uh, having these discussions with our users and with our our, our base of, of, of users and enterprise users, professional users. Uh, that um, that so they they understand some of the questions that we're trying to ask as well, uh, so we can better the entirety of our ecosystem and yeah, security as a whole. Yeah, so I I think
1: probably starting off is like, I'm interested, what is your definition of a TTP, right? Like, so like if I say TTP, what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: Generally, just think of how we uh see ttps now where it's a file and it has certain descriptions um but i think that that's sort of what most people would consider a ttp to be in some cases so it's like you have your your tactic your technique and your procedure laid out um but in general like i think that goes back to the same question should we call what we do ttps Mm -hmm. because while they have tactics, techniques, and procedures in them, we also do other things to progress our own uh, software. Um, And so does that really classify as a TTP? Um, So, yeah, like going back to what is a TTP, right? I see it as just the verbatim, right? You have your tactic, your technique, your procedure, and that's it. (laughs) Um, Which... I guess for our own situation, uh, we do a little bit more on top in order to better understand the what we're trying to accomplish and to also work with some of the software that we have. How would you view it? So like, uh, it's, it's weird,
1: right? Because like I, I have two completely separate views on this. One coming from my military background and the other coming from like when I got out of the military and, and how... Yeah. When I was first introduced to TTPs, right? Like it wasn't necessarily, it didn't have anything to do with computers. It was like strictly like, like there was a list, a book of like TTPs that certain that operators would have, um, depending on what they were doing, you know, if they were like calling in airstrikes, whatever, right? Like in it, it, they go through and they describe these like scenario almost like, hey, in this scenario, you should use this TTP. Uh, well, you should use it's funny because they actually say like you should use these procedures right and like it's weird because a TTP the way we view yeah. it I think in the cybersecurity world is like you have a TTP and that's like its own entity but if you actually look at it in like the military world it's like a TTPs with an S at the end like there's multiple procedures that are occurring for these tactics and techniques um
0: yeah, did they actually uh, like use the term TTP or was it more of like, like you said, the procedures, but really was, did it come down to just, this is how our signatures operate. Like this is how we want to do our signature for this specific uh, or, tactic. It, and that's like,
1: that kind of is the, it's funny cause there's like the difference between like offensive and defensive TTPs, right? Like, like essentially you use, if you're using you normally hear the word TTP a lot of the times as in, um, an attribution related thing, right? Like, like if you're going to war, if you're doing something that has to do with like an enemy, you can typically understand what their TTPs are and how to like counter them, right? Like how you, how you counter the TTPs or you use it for like in, in military cyber, you use it for mostly for attribution and things like that. Like, you know, like, these are the things that were occurring these were the tactics techniques and procedures that occurred we think that this is likely that it belonged to this nation state entity whatever you want to you want to put in there um and and like i said like it's weird because i mean we we pretty much get into it i think we're going to get into it a little later with how like it, it came to be like how where did where did people The commercial side definitely grabbed from the government side right like i I don't think the commercial side was like oh yeah we're just going to use ttps like
0: randomly like yeah and i think that has a lot to do with mitre i think mitre really pushed that um and maybe even before that like just people coming out of government space and and understanding oh yeah these are these are the fundamental things
1: yeah because i mean typically they use like at least before i heard the mass like ttp lingo in cyber i typically would think of signatures right like that's kind of like what a ttp was to me that's exactly how i think think it's like the reverse engineering part right because like you would do like reverse engineering or something like that and you'd see like a piece of malware and you're like oh yeah this malware is doing these things and that's a signature for this group or whatever and it's funny because like signatures have now also, the word's been modified to mean, like, like, like a lot of people, when you think of signatures, you're like, oh, a virus definition, like, like a signature check, right? Like a hash almost. But it's funny, yeah. like signatures, yeah. like legitimately before that were all about, like, what a TTP is now. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it, it's super confusing. And I I, I don't know why. <laughs> You know instead of just sticking to the words the way they were they started like manipulating kind of like oh yeah no like yeah. signature is now going to mean like antivirus stuff and and ttps is what we're going to use as like the uh, as the attribution which they definitely got from the the government side because like i said most of the time when you hear ttp yeah. you're thinking defensively like attribution trying to figure out who the ttps belong to
0: yeah i mean it kind of goes into this classification thing as well but like when I when I would make chains like I wouldn't I wouldn't look at miter attack framework and be like well I've mm-hmm. got to do this and then I've got to do this like that never occurred to me like I didn't want like that in fact that that would I feel like that would put me yeah. in a box right yeah. and I would have to adhere to that box instead I'd create the chain and just like well whatever made sense here is what I'm going to put down as my like miter attack yeah. value <laughs> uh, or classification and so like Um, and at least when I did work in the contracting side, like, and testing, say, you know, tools and whatnot, I didn't think about TTPs either, but more of the signatures, Hmm. um, that it would produce. And of course now people consider that TTPs, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah it's really strange like (laughs) it's funny though right because like the offensive like as an
1: offensive person like you said like when you're building the chains you don't think to yourself i'm using this ttp you're legitimately just doing things right and then it's these defensive people that are like this was how a ttp was formed like like instead like you said instead of using signature and it's just like like it's super hard because yes as an offensive security engineer type person you want to use signatures or TTP of other people while you're building things, but then you're never in the true sense of being offensive because like I said, like most offensive people don't really think that they just know what they're supposed to do. Like these are the steps I'm going to
0: do. If I'm thinking of, of doing a signature, it's because I'm trying to do something that looks like somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like,
1: I feel like we definitely. I mean, that's. I guess part of the reason why you guys are doing the research is like finding that de- delineation of like what is a TTP when using it in like an offensive way, compared to what is a TTP when viewing yeah. it in like a signature way.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, this goes all the back to like behavior and signature data and and how classification started and all this other stuff. But it's like, you know, not to, to, to hit a dead horse, but it's like, you know, it's when, when an offensive person goes to make a attack chain or a kill chain, right? Like they're doing so for like the purpose of an end goal, And how they get there Mm -hmm. is how they get there, right? And maybe, you know, from the government space, maybe they have, like, certain techniques that they know Mm -hmm. work, right? And so they just use those techniques and that becomes their signature, Mm -hmm. right? But at the end of the day, like, I think that that's some of the problem with using the word or the term TTP because um, what ends up happening is – so TTP sort of, like, has this – form with like threat hunting and and looking for gaps and stuff like that um and i think that that's caused some problems within the industry of this checkbox (laughs) right where like we use these classifications in some ways in order to do checkbox analysis of where are my gaps and in the case of the offensive or the attacker they don't like they're not looking at that like they like it's about the end goal and how i got there not using the same end goal you know maybe they used it because they know that that's that's a good vector in which case Mm -hmm. yeah like they're gonna keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore right but that's not gonna preclude them from like not continuing to do that right (laughs) um and so I feel like in a lot of ways, that's some of the reasons why some of these tools don't work very effectively against actually real-world scenarios, right? They they go and they look for gaps or whatever, um, and they don't necessarily dive deep into what actually occurred there and try to get it from the source. They're trying to look at it from this holistic approach of saying, well, you know, ingress of file can only happen, you know, this way. <laughs> Um, and we can protect against that way, right? And I don't think that that works because the offensive person isn't thinking like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: and I I, I I think the the big difference is is like when you're offensive, right? You're thinking about like you said that that effect that you want, right? Like I like if my goal is to get um if my goal is to dump memory on a box or something like that, we'll, we'll go with is like I might do it, you know. 20 30 different ways like it doesn't like there's no one specific way right like i know people that like online like they'll just dd the entire thing and it's like like you can't it, i feel like it's so hard to be like in, in ttp world to be like this is what we're checking for but then you get into this like extremely like narrow th- mindset of like they ran a shell command or something right and it's like they okay but there's a lot more to it over that yeah okay i used a shell but what did i use while i was using that shell right um Mm -hmm. it's one of those things like it's 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 a super complex problem so i understand why there's all the like craziness around it and why there's so many different frameworks out there um it's just like yeah I, i feel like the attacker like you said is As an offensive security person, you're not you like you're not building it based off of the the framework that's out there. You're essentially building it however you're going to do it to get to that goal. And then you're looking at, okay, this is how that framework maps into it. And and yeah, it's like you're putting it in the wrong box. Like we should be putting a TTP into like the offensive box and not necessarily putting this this offensive stuff into the TTP box. Um, I, I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's, you know, it, it comes really down to to, you know, if we look at our own situation and how prelude and how we call these things TTPs right now, <laughs> um, like, what is that actually? Like, sure, we're executing commands. Sure, we are providing contextual data to understand the tactic, the tactic and procedure. Um, but. At the end of the day, uh, we are providing an offensive capability um, that you test on your network. And when people think of that now, they think of a TTP. And I think there's in some ways we need to get away Mm -hmm. from that. Um, Because what has happened is now it's how many TTPs can I run uh, within my network that will essentially tell me if I'm good or if I'm Mm -hmm. not good. And some of that has to do with just some of the tooling that's out there. That's very, you know, it's almost like a fuzzing approach, oh, yeah. right? Like, fuzz it, fuzz it till it doesn't. Like something gets caught, and then you know we'll go back and do the fixes or whatever. Um, and that doesn't really necessarily protect your environment um, because if if you're just testing for TTPs. And you're making a checkbox, uh, you know, assumption that like, you know, I test all these TTPs that provide ingress of a a payload. Uh, It doesn't mean that somebody else can't come around and do something completely different. And and at the end of the day, like no attacker is going in and looking at these TTPs other than the fact that of of somebody probably new in the field or somebody that's been in the field for a while it's just looking to see what capabilities can i take take advantage yeah. of right like that's that's the only like where what is going to be my playbook right uh is there something new i can add to my repertoire um that's really where that comes into play but from the offensive perspective they're not necessarily looking at ttps but from and i would say not from a maybe a red team mm. maybe But I would say the majority and I would definitely say from the government side, but I would say the majority of people are not caring about signatures as a whole when they're thinking about offensive capabilities. Right. Like and I I see that see that in in regards to like I'm not trying to necessarily like we provide chains that mimic an adversary group, a signature. Mm -hmm. Right. And those are are particularly valuable in the sense of being able to understand how a specific attacker um, operates based off their Mm -hmm. signature. Right. But you also have to be in an environment because the likelihood of them using that signature now is probably completely like non-existent. Right. Once they know that their signature has been revealed, they're not going to use that anymore. Um, Our, I mean, our government, Uh, specifically limits people from working on certain contracts because they have too much in their signature data in other Mm. places. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like it's, it's the same way, right? Like if you just if you just care about how the signatures operate or you just care how the TTPs and how you're going to have to go from A to B to C to D, whatever, like you're never going to be secure because you're just looking at what's sur- surface layer and you're not diving into the extent of like what an actually attack is and being able to get that from an holistic perspective and then being able to do the metrics and the defensive capabilities to actually uh determine if an attack is happening in your in your environment or it, not
1: yeah and like if you look at it like the big issue i feel is you, it, TTPs are, are there. At least the way I view them in cybersecurity right now is to make it so that people that don't necessarily understand the technical portions of things can somewhat maybe understand it. But then you look at it and you're like, Yeah, it, I don't necessarily think that that's any more clear, like <laughs> of, of what's going on. Right? <laughs> like you, you've you've built another yeah. abstraction layer, like on something and this abstraction layer is to take something that's really complex like what an attacker does and make it viewable to uh like normal everyday people but then what you're not understanding is every time you add an abstraction layer a system gets more and more complex <laughs> like as you add more and more layers to it the more complexity that you can you can put on it so it's like they added a new layer to make it simpler but it Essentially, underneath just made it a whole lot more complex
0: for everyone. And it, it, yeah, it's just weird to me. That's sort of one of my gripes, actually, with with Miter Attack. I think Miter Attack, you know, they've done a lot of work on that. And what they do and and the, the stuff that they have there is really good. Like, I'm not going to, you know, like, they got good stuff. But at the same time, I think it sort of breaks down the moment that you start to realize, like, there's not just mitre attack but like there's mitre attack for mm. cloud and there's mitre attack for mobile and there's mitre attack for ICS <laughs> and like once that happens and that like that segregation happens i think it mitre attack kind of falls oh, apart yeah. right and and like that's something that really like they have to look at and say like oh well you know like if we're going to think about things in a a very holistic standpoint, then why do we have all these things that just dive into a specific thing, right? Like an ICS person, one of the problems in ICS is the fact that ICS is just like, you know, horse racing and you've got like blinders on, right? Like they don't want to care about anything else. And they only want to care about their ICS environment. And that goofs them 90% of the time. (laughs) Um, and so like instead of making something for ICS, for instance, make them force them uh, to use the entirety of MITRE attack. Um, that's just the philosophy thing, I guess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like it's 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 annoying because it's like, well, now like it's not like the attack, like the the T values that they have change. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're just like pigeonholing miter attack into a specific thing and it doesn't like it just doesn't make yeah, sense and, and that's why like like I was
1: saying like th- that's why like I think the overarching tactics in miter attack framework are good right and they seem pretty what you call it because like as an attacker right like I'm always gonna do reconnaissance on something right like eventually like I'm going to do my reconnaissance right. I'm gonna do my initial access I'm gonna like all of these tactics make sense and then Like I said, like, like TTP, like the way you look at it is like, it's just another layer that they put on top of the tactic then. And like, as you add more layers, it gets more complex, but they also, it's not, it's not, um, what's the word specific enough, like in a lot of them. And it's like, how can you have this many categories and this much stuff and still not be specific to the point where, like, I don't know the differences of, of if this command was running on a virtual machine or, like,
0: a, a yeah. metal Well, so, I mean, they, like, they use, so, I mean, they, they have, like, their, their classes and subclasses. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, like, their subclasses, like, it's just... They don't like they they tend to to want to pigeonhole sometimes their subclasses. And that's kind of what I mean by the segregation piece. Like that's the whole thing with the ICS and mobile and whatever is the fact that they just take their subclasses and they move it over to something that's like, you know, um, they want to pigeonhole it into, say, mobile or ICS or whatever. Why not just take those subclasses and put them into actual minor attack and force people to use that? Right. Um, And I think some of the reason for that has to do with miter miter attack framework has just gotten so big, right? Um, Where from an offensive standpoint, which is kind of funny because it from an offensive standpoint, if I go in and I'm like, like I said, I'm going to build my attack chain or whatever. I'm not going to look at miter attack and I'm not going to look at to see what, you know, I need to do this step before this step or whatever. Um, instead I'm going to build my attack chain from end to end and then I'm going to go back to my TTPs and then I'm going to be like, okay, what tactic does Mm -hmm. this fall under? Right. And then going and actually putting that with the right number or what I perceive to be the right number, which is another thing. Um, but, uh, you go and do that. Right. And, um, as an attacker, it's very easy to do that. Oh yeah. Like, putting your tactic value on your own, like procedures, (laughs) but as a defender, you just see that as one big thing, right? Um, Yeah. And as, (laughs) as, as as you go through and you build them,
1: like it's funny, but like my view on this is completely uh, probably different than, but like, it always brings me back to like um, SNMP, right? Uh, MIB tables, and how like that mm-hmm. that can like just numbers themselves can correlate quite a bit of like information about that single device right and it's it's one of those things that's like i think a framework should have should be designed kind of around that to where like if you're going to use the framework right like you should you should give more than enough information so that it can fit in anywhere then making these kind of like gray areas of, of, of where my attack fits. And it's like, it's the, this, the best example is when I was doing, um, I did a few chains on um, initial access, right? And I think one of them was like, uh, I did a, a phishing website was one of them. And for some reason, like if you, let me pull, I I need to pull it up because it's like, it could not fit in any of the, the, the site that I had stood up didn't fit in any of the, the categories of TTPs that were out there. So I think I ended up just putting it in like a drive by website or something like that, but that's not necessarily what a phishing site is, right? Like I could stand up my own phishing site. That's not a drive by that's like it's not hosted on someone else's right cuz like typically when i think of a drive by website i'm thinking like i implanted something on somebody's website that was already there and it's one of those things it's like mm-hmm. there there was no good place to put it and I, I don't
0: even to tell you the truth i don't even
1: remember where i put it but i think i did put it in drive by but that was like that's not the same to me right yeah because you were like you had no other place yeah, to go and it's misleading right. as well right like that's the thing is like yeah if you're saying okay well this is all for the defensive side well and they're going to look at it and be like okay um let's check our website to make sure that nobody can put content on it but it's like i never even put content on your website i legitimately stood up a new website right and there was no place for that to go on that mitre yeah. attack chain and, and it's it's just one of those things it's like like I said, like with a MIB table, I feel, or something like that, like to be able to like say like, you know, this first part, this first number that you're going to see is going to be like one, two or three. And that's going to be for uh, virtual um, bare metal or cloud or something like just some like random thing. Right. But then you get into this thing. Well, okay. Are our cloud machines virtual or are they physical? It's like, well, that depends on the cloud provider. I, I can get a hosted machine, yeah. bare metal somewhere. And it's, I feel like there is definitely a way to do it. It's just it's so complex that it's going to take a lot of thinking and a lot of breaking of old habits and how we actually categorize things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of goes to this whole like uh, broad versus being very specific. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're alluding to is something that's broad enough to be able to hit everything Mm -hmm. right but specific enough to where people will understand like what you're trying to do um and maybe that comes down to just explanation right you have to have something broad and then explain it right um but then that goes in the whole thing with like and i think that 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 approach um uh lends itself to having people actually test their environment for Actual techniques that could happen instead of it being something where it's a checkbox solution, right? Where you just do a whole bunch of tactics and like if it's broad enough, then people don't can't use really that as a checkbox anymore. Um, When you get down to specifics, uh, the specifics don't really matter because as we've explained, like as an offensive person, we're not looking Mm. at those. (laughs) Um, and so like you can tie that back to a a tactic value, but it doesn't mean that like that, like that value could even may not even be accurate. Right. Um, (laughs) as you just explained. So it's like, um, if you're using TT or you're using miter attack as a way of, um, Ensuring that your environment is secure from a threat hunting perspective and trying to find gaps, trying to find gaps is one thing, but you're always going to find gaps, right? Like, even if, if, even if you have a, a, you know, you're like, I, I'm confident in, you know, this tactic not executing or not being able to work. It still doesn't mean it won't. (laughs) Um, But our industry uh, tends to use this as a way of, of, of a crutch of saying like, yeah like I can totally do this. And then that's why we have EDRs that don't catch it, it, <laughs> even some of the s- simple most basic attacks.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all auditing, right? Like what is it? Job like a, like a specific uh, area of interest like in, in the yeah, in, and a, in the domain, right? Yeah. Like you like legitimately you then move from like I feel like caring to to just like I need to pass this audit. <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. that, that's kind of like, it, it, happens all the time in, in like, I remember in cyber, like cybersecurity before, right? Like they, they were talking about, um, if you looked at like vulnerability testers back in, I think it was like early 2000, mid two thousands, like essentially it was just, uh, a, a list of. I don't want to say TTPs because that, <laughs> that'll that be funny. Um, but it's legitimately just like a checklist of, hey, does this like registry key exist? Hey, does this registry key, you know, um, it, it reminds me of um, in the military. I used to run, uh, There's a, I don't think, yeah, it's called Gold Disk or something. It, it was like a, essentially a vulnerability scanner, right? And all I would go through is just essentially check, mm-hmm. like, are these registry settings set? Are they not set? And then you had to manually, depending on what the outcome was, you had to manually go in and check them or change them based on uh, on what your output was but you get into this area that's like of auditing is like the death of cyber of like the fun i guess is what it would be <laughs> for, for, like, for for like an <laughs> offensive person right it's you get into this thing it's like yeah. y- you're trying to expose these flaws in the system because you you either have fun doing it or you know you, you care about security but then you get locked into this like too many people are like, I just want to know what this was on that TTP so I can get my green checkbox and move
0: on. But yeah, I, I mean, it kind of goes back if, if, you know, talking about the reverse engineering, it kind of goes back to this whole thing with CWE versus CVE. Mm. Like, should we be testing for CVEs or really should we be testing for CWEs? And like CWEs is a more of a broad term and it's much harder to test for. Um, but in reality, like CWEs create CVEs. So like, sure, it's, it's important to test for CVEs on your system for that specific thing. Um, but it still doesn't mean that that same, like, and that's why we have CVEs that are relatively the same. And usually they happen pretty quickly after the other, where it's just like they did something, it got patched. Someone reverse engineered the patch, did it a completely different mm-hmm. way. And now it's a CVE again, right? Um, that all ties back, though, to the same CWEs. And should we be testing for those or should we test for CVEs? And I mean, the answer is both. But um, C- CWEs, they're like TTPs don't necessarily have a CWE component, oh, yeah. which it needs. Yeah, opinion. no.
1: And, yeah. and I, 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 I agree with that. It's funny cause like we had talked about some of this as well, like with, with, I'm also a fan of CWEs because it essentially is letting you know, um, on the technical level, like what, what is this targeting, right? Like, like what, like what part of the software is this yeah. targeting or, and it, it looks at this thing that's like it, my analogy, which I, I don't know if you've, I, I think we talked about this before, but it wasn't on here. Um, is like uh, it it reminds me of a person like standing on a cliff and like they're like balancing on that like this this good side where like this is like that layer of like understanding that's needed and then it just like you either fall off and you know everything like from underneath like like if you're my my thing is, is if you're looking into a TTP enough to where like you care about all of those like categories and everything like that that your knowledge level is probably enough to where you would continue you, you would understand the CWE as, aspect of it, right? Like, yeah. And yeah, yeah. if you're not like, if you're not, that's fine. If you're not in that deep, then having a CWE isn't going to hurt it as well, right? Cause you're still not going to like, you're still have that very basic understanding. It's like, you, you'll be able to look at what this overall tactic is, right? Like, and that's the thing is like, I feel like most people mm-hmm. can understand a tactic, but the second you get into like the actual procedure that's on most of the frameworks and all that, like, if you're that far in, then you probably would understand what a CWE is as well. Like,
0: but yeah. Or the, what would be the CWE? Yeah, yeah. Like whatever that would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's one of those, like, like I said, yeah. it's really hard
1: cause it's hard to balance. Right. And there's not this in between, right? Like there's not this, like it's a, it's legit a cliff almost. It's like you either have this very yeah. basic overall understanding or you have a pretty deep understanding. And I, I feel like, what we're trying to do is raise that, that cliff up so that it's not as hard to, or you don't fall as hard when you fall off of it, but it's just like, it's hard. Like, I don't, I don't know what a good answer is for it. Um, it be a combination of all.
0: Yeah. Like, I think it all comes kind of comes down. Like I, I don't want to say that it all comes down to classification, but I think classification has sort of gotten us into Mm -hmm. this. Like, predicament um and like you know it even begs this question do we even need classifications because classifications like cause some issues <laughs> uh that we've described already um but like I I think you know we do need classification but it needs to be something where it it like we need something like miter attack is great and there's a lot of work that's been done there and it shouldn't be scrapped yeah. right but there needs to be something else that's a higher level of that, like the common weakness, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like you can explain, you know, in detail, like what this attack does at its foundational mm-hmm. core. Right. And be able to um, effectively provide that as a weakness of systems and how then we can go back and we can try to minimize weaknesses within systems, right? Instead, we just continuously look of, of how we can uh, go from A to B to C to D to the end of the kill chain. And we're not necessarily, uh, and we're only concerned about mm-hmm. that, right? and looking at the heat maps and whatever else is associated with the threat hunting perspective of, doing, of trying to find actors within systems. But that doesn't get down to the fundamentals of actually the core weaknesses in systems to be able to do patching or to provide uh, how to close those gaps or in the case of how do we actually get the holistic metrics Uh, Because if we can get to that sort of level, uh, we'd probably catch more things. Um, Instead, we kind of look at like this, like these specific things, which ends up being a problem because the moment you get out of that that area and you go and do it a different way uh, than what this what this, you know, say application is looking for, um, then you lose. Right. Like. And there's that's that's the constant struggle with EDR and whatever is because they specifically look for certain things, and the moment you get out of that structure base is the moment it's it doesn't work anymore, yeah. right? It,
1: it, it's one of those things. It's like I I always try to think back and like imagine like where the idea for for these frameworks came from, and was it like like in my mind, I'm like the, the way I'm formulating it, which it could be completely wrong is like, I, I imagine like some person like running like this vulnerability scan. Right. And like, you have like this, the one of the big three letter people in the company comes up and they're like, like, this is red. Why is this red? And they're like, Oh, well and they gave like this like super like in-depth answer. Right. And they're like, just tell me the, tell me the like overall, I don't understand what any of that means. And then the person's like, well, it was yeah. like, on a windows box, they, they, they grabbed a password from memory or something. Like what, like, what do you mean a password from memory? Like, and then they're like, oh, well it was like, they broke into the computer. Like essentially like, and and right. And it's like, (laughs) like, like, like there's this like granularity that like, who is, the, the, who is the framework helping? Is it helping the person doing the things? Is it helping the person that needs to implement the protections? Or is it essentially just helping people understand what, like, low-level stuff? Like, like, you know? And yeah. it's, it's weird, because, like, I, I legitimately don't know, like, like how everything got started with classification frameworks. But that's, like, my, uh, like, in my mind. Like, that's the scenario that plays is, like like, somebody was just, like, I need a way to tell my boss that doesn't understand what's occurring, like things, and that they can just like go through and be like, oh, "Okay, yeah, like, that makes sense." But-
0: <laughs> I probably see it a little bit more facetious than the, the extent that it's some company <laughs> that needed to un- like tell people this is what we actually do.
1: <laughs> I mean, but but like, so think about it. like what was the like like what like the point was obviously you were trying to map something that occurred in your network, right? Like. And like I'm just trying to figure out because like I don't think it would be a technical person. that's like I need a way to categorize this when typically the technical person would probably already know what category
0: that was. Right. Like it's yeah. just like like where did the box come from? It would not even a, a it probably doesn't even a, like if you're seeing something from a defensive side and you see that all the time, you would think of that as a signature, yeah. um, not necessarily as a TTP and and like like going back to your point of, of signatures being something completely different now. Uh, But also in other spaces, it doesn't mean that like, if you go back to the reverse engineering space and you talk about signatures, it's about code signatures, right? Like how do people write their code in order to provide a signature data? Um, And so like the, the same thing applies in this space, right? Where like it all comes down to signatures And being able to, uh, and that's why we have like APTs, Mm -hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, APTs is just like, hey, this APT29 has a signature and this is what its signature Mm -hmm. is. Um, And they may have multiple signatures tied within, you know, APT29 group or whatever. Um, But at the end of the day, it just becomes signatures. And from a a defensive person that's down in the field, right, that's all they're going to see as well is just the signature data. Mm -hmm. Um, and from a perspective of tooling, <laughs> they have to explain to people that, oh, yeah, we can we can determine certain signatures based on these core things. And I think that that's some in some ways why miter ATTACK is a little bit, uh, you know, it, it's there's some some value in the ability to say like yes we can determine that if they do this recon a step and then they go from this recon step to ingressing this payload that we know that this is a signature mm. right but that's what it should be called not necessarily ttp because that ends up being two ttps or more than two ttps and that's where the problem comes into play because now a ttp is just like anything that you can do on a computer a ttp could literally be like you know bin bash and i'm changing my my shelves it's i
1: don't
0: know
1: that's why actually I, i i really like um um how david had had us move to like more of like these the 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 released the releases that we've been doing for the past couple months now in security or for the past month has been like based on a cve right and it's like it's so much easier to categorize like hey this was a cve that it came out right and we give the number we give you know uh, a link to it you can go on MITRE's website you can look at the like the reason behind it and then from there there's there's other links and it's like the person like at least as a security engineer it's so much easier to do now because it's like look i'm going to build this this i'm going to build an exploit for this cve the if people want to know more about how the CVE, like what's happening in the CVE, things like that, they can, you know, go to the references, they can look through it. And that's one of those things, like once again, the cliff is like, I feel like if somebody's going in and clicking, like, okay, I want to see what the CVE is doing. Like they already know enough to be like, okay, like this was the CVE. And this was also, cause there's a lot of times a CWE as well linked on it. Right. They can go click on the CWE right. and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I, I'm understanding, um, what this was exploiting like what what part of the software that this was targeted towards but like like i said like it, it's weird
0: also yeah. understanding the higher level of yeah approach, right right like it,
1: it's so hard like I, and that's the thing is like like, we, like i'm talking about this like oh yeah you know it's the thing is like i don't have like it's hard for me to ever come up with things because like if if i don't have a better idea of how to fix it then i'm one of those people that's like well then it's not really worth like complaining about almost right like like, it's kind of like in the military i guess it's probably the military mindset it's like look like if you have a problem like come up with a solution and then let me know not necessarily if you have a problem let me know about the problem it's like we all
0: have those problems (laughs) um yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's good to talk about specific problems you know like this for instance and i think that that's sort of what our company is doing from the research side is like saying like identifying that hey there is a problem here and then either coming up with a solution, but in the meantime, continue to uh, talk about the problem and how, like you're always gonna get small tidbits of what you can solve Mm -hmm. through that, right? Like everybody's going to have certain aspects that like they either like or don't like, or like, uh, you know, I guarantee we could talk to people in the security industry that just absolutely hate classification, Mm -hmm. right? Like just, it doesn't do it for them, right? And then I would, I no, I could guarantee we would talk with people in the security injury industry that just absolutely love <laughs> certification, the, this uh, classification process. And so like getting those two sides and understanding like, OK, th- like there's that just uh, just position where it's like getting the two sides to understand like, OK, like, yes, there is some fundamental flaws here. And yes, these, these seem to be the flaws that we're having. And then eventually you come up with something that actually works. Um, but yeah, like I think this is a pretty hard problem. Um, I think we're trying to look at it uh and see different ways that we can approach it. And one of those things is like, like you said, like David had made the change to do CVEs. And I think wasn't the idea that there would actually be some more depth to that as well, so it wouldn't just be like you know, CVE, the CVE value, but it would also go down to the extent of like. This, like not necessarily tying it to like, say, a matter attack uh, tactic, but to actually dive even down further into that. Um, I believe there was some guideline on that.
1: Yeah. So like most of know. the releases, right? Like like we go in we we also talk about how the TTP is working, right? Like the, the actual um, command that's being ran and also like why it's important and then of course like the mitigation measures that you can take to to fix it and it's one of those things that's like it's just so hard to classify certain things like and having that like overarching like like look like this is the cv like like makes it much easier to digest i would think because like pretty much anyone you talk to right Not anyone. Okay. I'll I'll take that back. Not anyone you talk to, but most people in it that you talk to (laughs) at least have heard of the words like or heard of the acronym, like the CVE, right? Like, like they essentially have know what it is. And it's one of those things it's like, yeah, it it goes, like I said, it just goes back to where like you either, either have never heard of CVE and in that case, this additional information that we're giving you is not going to help you very much. Um, or you have heard of a CVE and you're like, okay, I now know that this is what it's doing and I want to look into all of the things underneath it. And, and that's yeah. what the releases that we've, like you said, we've been doing like that. There's that extra information in there if it's needed, but it's also easy to digest if you don't care about it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, like you know, I think one of the things that we're actually solving for our CVE pieces probably goes a little bit down a tangent. But like one of the problems I have had with CVEs as being a reverse engineer and you know doing all that type of stuff is like I absolutely hated CVEs, and the reason I always hated CVEs is because it didn't nothing of value, right? Like it, like it would tell you this arbitrary thing that it, it that that it specifically did, right? And you'd look at it and be like, cool, okay. Right. And that would be it. <laughs> and then maybe you look at Patch Tuesday and you're like, oh, well, they patched it and they did these things. Right? Like, <laughs> but like it, yeah. <laughs> um, and like I was always infuriated by that. That's one of the reasons why I really like CWE. Uh, but I think one of the things that we're doing is we're not just like the problem with CVE is that they never actually provided you the ability mm-hmm. to test for that specific CVE, and a lot of times it was so vague because they didn't want people to try to reproduce it that it was just oh, yeah. useless, right? And that was always my gripe with CVE, and I think that that's, like, in some ways, we're providing that gap. Granted, like, people have been making pox mm-hmm. forever, right? But, like, there's, there's something to be said when you can provide like the problem in the POC field is that people just provide POCs and they tend to just willy nilly give it to you. And like, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. They don't tell you necessarily the holes. Like it's not tested. It's like, there's so many things with a POC that's bad in its own right in that environment. Um, but like what we're trying to do essentially is provide you the ability to test that CVE and giving you the pack, and it's and like it's tested and and working form instead of it just being like oh get, well, like i'll try yeah. it or instead of just like <laughs> right. checking a version right like that's
1: like yeah it, that's that and i think that's that like intermediate step almost right like with the cliff is like that it, it the, you can read like most of the stuff that we've been doing on those have been like a bash command right like essentially like we're running stuff that's that's like you should be able to at least kind of see what's going on compared to like, um, other, other, like there's, you know, POCs out there that like you have to run three or four times and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. Right. Right. So like we're trying to digest those and be like, okay, like these are reproducible, you know, they don't leave artifacts. They don't crash. They don't like all of these things. And it, we need to build up to where, you know, we can test, um, those less stable ones and and it or at least let somebody know right like that it's possible that this po that this that this exploit may not work every single time or something like that right
0: right like it requires some type of repeatability like you need so much entropy or whatever in order to get this to run correctly (laughs) um but yeah like in essential essentially what we're providing not to dummy it down because where you have the ability to make our mm. own pocs, right? But we're also sort of providing a, a QA process to the pocs that are out there based on the CVEs that are important, yeah. right? Like um, so like we're not going to over. There's no reason that every single time a CVE comes out that we create a poc for it and that we have something available. That's just it's oh, yeah. like there's too many CVEs and a lot of CVEs still are worth yes (laughs) but but the whole intention with that is to provide cves that have value that people should care about and providing them an ability to run that cve without having all the headaches like we'll take care Mm -hmm. of the headaches right like uh and provide them that button essentially of saying can you run this cve on this specific machine um and and actually have some concrete measure of being able to say yes or no right like um that's pretty valuable from the cve perspective cuz like 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 if you go to cve's and and even if you know what you're doing like if i just clicked on a random cve does it matter probably oh, not. Yeah, no it, it,
1: well it, it's funny cuz you were bringing up like what the actual um uh what the actual CVEs would say, like, like on the description is like, here's one of the ones that, um, that that the issue was addressed with improved checks. The issue was fixed in security update 2022, like legitimately. And then at the very end, there's like one sentence says, an app may be able to capture a user screen. Like legitimately, that's all the CVE says, right? And it's like, useless useless not at all helpful nothing (laughs) right and and that's the thing right like going through and searching and then finding like okay there is a poc available for this okay how can we make this poc like you said digestible to where you know somebody would be able to to see oh wow like i can press one button and get a you know green or red figuring out like okay yeah this was successfully ran or this wasn't successfully ran or my machine successfully protected against it or didn't right and and it's one of those things it's like yeah like CVEs, uh, it depends on who it is right i've i've noticed a lot of open source ones will essentially like be a lot better and cleaner but like this that one i just read was like for mac right like it's like it gives you like zero yeah. information other than hey we fixed it <laughs> um
0: <laughs> well so i mean that's sort of the same problem that that i was sort of brought up to you where it's like uh understanding uh T, uh, a CVEs of value and not understanding like the some of the issues too is like if you have a cve that people have effectively deemed as this is a huge problem mm-hmm. right <laughs> then it tends to get way more down in the in the weeds like if you go look at heartbleed cve mm-hmm. uh it's fantastic right (laughs) um but even some of the sequential things after heartbleed not like that would probably be more beneficial because those are the newer updated versions of how that cve has interacted and like so the the family tree of that specific cve like um those usually don't have as much stuff to them (laughs) um and so like you know like you go i mean it it all comes back down to time and then like you know what what people value and what people don't value but um i always just found it super annoying to go look at cves and be like okay that's cool like that specific cve i don't know if you still have it pulled up but it like does it does it have any of the CWEs uh, attached Um, to it a lot of times they don't do um, that either real
1: quick i do have it up um no, there's a bunch of there's a bunch <laughs> yeah. of uh, links to the Apple support pages, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> I,
0: yeah it,
1: it's a difficult thing, but I'm, I'm I have full faith that we'll eventually answer the question.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, it also just takes like I think that's you know, another good reason to talk about these things, because it takes not just, you know, the few of us. That are looking at this and saying, hey, like this is, you know, potentially a problem, Um, but to also provide solutions and then talk about that within the community so that they're not only just aware, but to actually maybe think about themselves because they might have a better solution than what we would probably come up with. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I think it's 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 like you said, it's a hard problem. Um, And. Even like you know it's something to keep in mind too is like trying to compare like say a ttp to a cve we already have problems with cves mm-hmm. right where we don't there's so many cves that are out there that we can't provide the the most fidelity to all cves in order to do even like trace back yeah. right and so like from a TTP' perspective it's even more because we've now like a saying earlier a ttp could literally be changing yourself <laughs> from like zsh to bash um so like um hammering down the importance and coming up with something that is more than just a ttp and whether that classification it, and i think it kind of comes down to classification so like Whether that be something broad and then also going down into something specific um, or it's going into like, what is this thing actually trying to accomplish and diving that directly head on? Like what this thing is trying to do and considering that, say, as a weakness and then providing, say, a tactic, technique and procedure that that says, yes, this is this is a weakness and we can continue to exploit it. Whatever that will be, it will be interesting to see how that turns out. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Overture, the Prelude podcast. We'll be back again next month for another episode of Overture. If you like this podcast, please consider giving us a like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our newest episodes. Overture is distributed on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our blog at feed.prelude.org, and on YouTube. We'll see you again next month. Till then, Prelude.